0: Welcome to the Rebuilding Arizona Civics podcast. This podcast aims to share our journey of sustaining Arizona's interest in reforms to civic education by implementing the Educating for American Democracy roadmap. This work is being done by an amazing group of Arizona civic teacher leaders and overseen by the Center for Political Thought and Leadership at Arizona State University. I'm your host, Liz Evans, Director of Civic Education at Arizona State University, and I'll be interviewing Arizona teachers and thought leaders in civic education. We hope you enjoy our journey to make Arizona a national civics renewal model. Hello, listeners. This is part one of a two-part podcast on the design challenges of the EAD roadmap. We really dig into the tensions and dilemmas within the EAD roadmap and how they're connected with the seven themes. This first episode is going to look at design challenges one and two. Enjoy. Enjoy. On today's episode, we are going to be looking at the five design challenges, which I really appreciate because the whole of this document, there's really great things, but it also lends itself to this is going to be challenging. This is not going to be easy and having the discussion about the design challenges. So our goal today is to help you understand the design challenges associated with the content themes um, and kind of the principles that go along with it. With me, as always, are my wonderful task force chairs, Tara, Tammy, and Jeremy. And I'm kind of excited to dive into this. So my first question, what is the
1: background? What is the summary of these design challenges? Yeah, Tara here. And this is really an exciting part and kind of, a. and Tammy will speak to this, a really Um, kind of added on piece to the roadmap that came almost as an afterthought, but it is so important for teachers to be able to implement the roadmap within their classrooms. Um, So the design challenges are really embedded throughout the entire roadmap and appear throughout all seven themes. Um, They aim to address the challenges that teachers may encounter in asking a lot of the questions that the themes might touch on, also in designing perhaps their scope and sequence of curriculum, and then back to the choice of different you know primary sources and other materials that they might bring into their classroom to teach different parts of the roadmap. And so these design challenges um, are organized kind of around a design thinking approach um, and identifying challenges that teachers might have and then in conjunction with the roadmap, providing various avenues and supports to address these different challenges.
2: So it's really interesting how the design challenges came to be and evolved. When we first created Roadmap version 1.0, we had a big convening of our steering committee and stakeholders, which were our educators, our museums, our organizations, And we had them look over the first draft of the roadmap that the task forces had helped come up with. And during this process, um, we saw some tensions happening between some of the choices that were made in the roadmap. And when we finished our convening and we sat down as an executive and a steering committee to reflect on it, we realized that when creating this roadmap we actually were engaging in the debates and the discussions that highlight the tension and dilemmas to how we design high quality history and civics programs. And instead of looking at these points of tension as something to kind of put under the surface, um, Danielle Allen, who was one of our principal investigators said, you know what, we need to highlight these tensions and dilemmas because these are the tensions and dilemmas that educators deal with every day in their classroom as they try to um, create high quality curriculum units. It's what standard setters deal with when creating standards. So looking at these tensions and making them a key part of the planning and design process, which I think was a brilliant idea.
3: Yeah, I, I think that it's, um, it's good that these five challenges, and I think four of them are very uh, content-focused, obviously with a nod toward pedagogy, and the, the fifth one is, by my thinking, more uh, more of a focus on on uh, instructional strategies and, and pedagogy. But these are the kinds of things that any teacher of civics, government, or history is going to struggle with, wrestle with, on students will as as well, no matter what the content is, no matter what the standards are, no matter what era they're teaching. Uh, you know, I, don't, I, I know we're going to go into each of the five, but when we talk through these, or if you look at these, I think you'll recognize that uh, it doesn't matter what topic you're teaching in order to teach it well, and to teach it in a way that is in keeping with the, um, the ideas and the ideals of the roadmap. You're going to have to not stare these things down, not, you know, um, resolve them, but they're just part of it. They're they're part of and not to sound corny, but educating in a diverse uh, Democratic Republic um, like we are. Uh, and so that's uh, I'm, I'm really glad that these are there um, and uh, and that we get an opportunity to talk about them right now.
0: And I will encourage listeners, I'm looking at the EAD website right now, and it has questions associated with every design challenge, and we'll make sure it's linked in our show notes. But these are good questions because I'm looking at this, and if I was to implement this in my classroom, a lot of these questions would be what I would ask. So our first design challenge is motivating agency sustaining the republic. And this design challenge applies directly to theme one, which is civic participation. So I'm just going to open up the conversation to talk about this design challenge in particular to start with.
2: Okay, so design challenge number one really deals with um, this idea of how we can teach students their role in sustaining the republic. And the challenge comes in with this idea of how do you create agency in students, the belief that they have the power to be a functioning member of society and also to make change, but not overwhelm them and give them a feeling of um, almost paralysis that sometimes there's a lot of issues or problems that you see in your community and you might feel paralyzed by it. So this design challenge really focuses on in order to motivate students, and um, have them participate. They need to develop the knowledge of how the systems work and their role in the system. They have to develop the skills to be able to navigate making, um, participating and making change. And then they also have to have the dispositions or the values. And those values really encompass things like being able to listen to opposing viewpoints, understanding um, the process of change and um, understanding the system that um, is the system of, of our government, not only on the local level in the state level, but also on the national level.
3: Yeah. I think this is a, this is a tricky one because um, on the one hand you want students to recognize their, um, their abilities as, you know, at the point that, that they become, you um, you know, citizens with the full with their full availability of of citizens' rights, like you know, turning eighteen and, and you know being able to vote and things like that, um, aiming toward that as their their eventual uh, goal. It's it is tough. It's on the one hand, you want them to feel like and know that okay, I am actually going to be a, a formal part of this thing. And therefore, I need to understand aspects of how th- how things actually are supposed to function, um, how things actually function, and where we have uh, have room as individuals to operate within that and not feel like, oh my goodness, out of 330 some odd million people, I'm meaningless. Or have an unrealistic expectation that, you know, I have a great idea, or I think I have a great idea, and the people around me who are my friends, they share that idea, and, and then they get there's this sense of, but why isn't everyone else, you know, why doesn't everyone else want to do things my way? Or why isn't it easy for the change I want to see to be accepted and implemented? Um, and so it's, it's a, it's a tricky balance, um, to, to help them understand, uh, what, what they can do as an individual, what they can do alongside other individuals, um, and what they're, they're able to do and can realistically expect and be expected of them as a, as a responsible civic actor, uh, to, to engage in over a a lifetime, because in order to sustain the Republic, we need citizens who will, who understand and will seek to understand others, especially those with whom they disagree and find common ground to, um, you know, to do the things that, that, to figure out the things that we need to figure out as Americans, um, so this is this is one of those issues that, again, I mean, as I said a moment ago, um, this is going to come up in uh, in almost any unit of study. I think it's uh, I think it's an important one. I'm glad that it was included.
1: Yeah. So design challenge one, um, I think both Jeremy and Tammy really spoke to this: is this you know importance of student agency um, and voice, but also it's a, kind of a precarious balance. Um, I mean, we as educators and, you know, people in our society, we can't expect students to just, you know, magically be ready to go out and, um, you know, engage in every capacity uh, post high school or as soon as they turn 18 without any type of prior experiences uh, taking place in the school. So that's something that you have to almost look at is uh, how can we get students to flex or build up these civic muscles so that by the time they are you know, out of high school and are becoming, um, you know, adults and engaging in society through voting and attending public meetings and, you know, perhaps volunteering, you know, campaigns and different political avenues. What have they done in high school to kind of shape those behaviors? And so, those are you know, things in your classroom. You might do is you know, simulations and uh, debates and Socratic seminars or civic action projects within your school or community to really build that you know, agency and voice. Um, and really empower students to feel that they can um, be listened to and um, engage in their communities when they become adults. But it also takes a balance for the teacher to step back um, and to really back to almost that inquiry approach, um, allow the students to take the reins of their own learning at times. And research does support this design challenge in that you know schools and uh, classrooms that allow students to develop their voice. Um, They're often more engaged, uh, not just in their communities, but also academically. And then also there's an increase in, you know, school climate and oftentimes school safety. So there's a lot of really great uh, benefits to having students um, engage within their classroom and school by using their own voice.
0: And that's really important. And there are actually a lot of organizations in the state of Arizona that could help teachers with this. I know for me, particularly my last year of teaching, I was a part of the participatory budgeting where students got to um, vote on projects. Um, They actually, the whole school came in and voted. They got people, you know, students that were over 18 to register to vote. And it was really, as a teacher, cool to watch them really flower into citizens and understand that the things that they do can have an impact, even if it's on a small scale of our school, um, or as big as the state. So our next design challenge, um, I think it's been in the news a lot lately. In general. So the themes that these apply to are themes two and three. So theme two is our changing landscape. And theme three is we the people. So this design challenge is America's plural yet shared story for a very long time. We've definitely heard one story of America. And that's really not the whole story. So let's have a conversation about what this looks like and what challenges this can present.
3: I don't think this is, this one's not going to come as a surprise to anybody. Um, The, the importance of looking at key, uh, like you know, eras, ideas, movements, and events in American history and government, you need to look at them from different angles. You need to look at them from different viewpoints. You need to try to look at them through the eyes of different people and peoples who were involved in those things or witnessed those things or were affected by those things. And, um, and it's, it's, it's a tough balance because on the one hand, you know, if you try to, I think, blend everything together and come up with a single call it like for an American history class, like a single American history, uh, that, that doesn't, I I don't think that tells the, it doesn't tell the story, um, it doesn't tell it. I'm not, uh, am I looking for the word not fair, not appropriately. I don't think it's accurate. How's that? It's, it, I don't think that's an accurate telling on the other, on the other hand, like that's one extreme. Another extreme would be like thin slicing the American story into so many different pieces that it loses coherence. There is no American story. And, um, and there is, there is no common tie that or set of ties or ideas that bind. And, and, um so I think that it's it's really important, obviously, to provide uh, viewpoint diversity in terms of uh, readings and the sorts of things that students are going to be exposed to, to understand, again, an era, an event, a time period, a set of ideas in our history. And um, yeah, again, I mean, teachers aren't going to be, they're not going to be surprised by this. Um, but again, as a design challenge, it's one of these things I think that, yeah, yeah, it's Sure, it's directly tied to those two um, two themes, but I think it pops up everywhere, um, like in in every major policy decision. I mean, even right now with this stuff that's going on in Europe, there's a lot of different. There, there's there's a need for viewpoint diversity for different. Uh, different groups and ideas that you, you read through their ideas to get a sense of okay that's how that's how some people see this this is how another type of person sees this is how other kinds of people see this this evolving um issue I mean a government teacher i think would do that with you know current events um history teachers need to obviously do that um as they're studying and uh, and helping students learn about American history
1: yeah this This design challenge, I think you said it best, Jeremy, it really comes back to this this balance, right? This telling of a very complex story that, and as Danielle Allen on our EAD um, efforts, you know, dubbed the the US glory and gory story, right? This balance of the two Um, and really to diversify the content within classrooms to capture that full story. Um, Not that, you know, a year or a semester is really going to do justice in capturing a full story, but just as an educator to be cognizant of what is it that you're using as materials um, and really diversifying that content. And it could be in terms of, you know, various representations of race, of gender, of class, of time period, ideas, um, but really also bridging, um, you know, the history to the present. And I'm going to give, you know, one specific example I think is that especially pertinent uh, to here in Arizona and speaking um, to Arizona educators around uh, our state having the 22 federally recognized tribes, but of course other tribes um, across our state as well. And um, a recent study came out uh, looking at state standards across the U.S., not just Arizona, um, but not having a full representation of different Native American groups and tribes Or oftentimes when they are represented, it's in, you know, a positioning of an antiquated or historical group um, and not necessarily, you know, present day or recognizing them as, you know, sovereign nations. And so that's just one small example um, of classroom of, of what we can do in our classrooms to really diversify the content and bring in this, you know, broadly told story Um, Within the materials that we might use. And so teachers have the opportunity to help students um, both face uncomfortable histories um, and different histories that might not have been covered um, in previous grades, but also address ways to counter some of these events um, that, you know, in the sense that we don't want necessarily history to repeat itself but just to open the door for students to look at how these historical events have created policies, have created amendments, um, have, you know, showed up in court cases and tying it all back to those primary sources that we've discussed, um, as tools and references in our classrooms that this, this challenge, I think really opens the door for teachers to be able to do these things.
2: I love design challenge number two. It's, um, one of my favorites, I might say that about all the design challenges, but um, I think that this design challenge is so important and it's so aligned with our state social studies standards. When you look at our state standards for skills and processes, standard number two, anchor standard number two, talks about this idea of multiple perspectives and multiple sources, because um, the story can be told many different ways. Um, And it sometimes is many different stories, sometimes it's just one story. So this design challenge really popped up a lot during the creation of the roadmap uh, with debates over this idea of addressing equality and diversity of perspectives and experiences, but still ensuring that we had some sort of shared inheritance of we, the people of the United States, looking at maybe those values and dispositions that we all have, regardless of our perspective um, from where we came, like this idea of equality, this idea of embracing diversity. The United States is the most diverse nation. Sometimes that can lead to some conflict, but more often than not, it also leads to amazing creation in in our country. This idea that we are all um, tied to this concept of liberty and freedom, although we don't always see the best way to approach it, And all you have to do is look at these founding documents like our Declaration of Independence, like the preamble to the Constitution, like our Bill of Rights, that idea that freedom from and freedom of religion are shared values that we have as a nation. The idea of free speech expression, um, the right to associate with individuals, the the right to have these personal freedoms um, and be free from some government interference, but this idea that we also embrace the idea of the natural rights philosophy, the idea of why we create government to protect this life, liberty, and property of each other. So design challenge number two is also really important because representation matters to our students. Um, When they see themselves and their families in the history of our country, they connect to it. And they see themselves as civic participants and important to the story. So I think design challenge one and two feed off of each other this idea of representation and seeing yourself as part of the story and then because of that power you have because you or your ancestors have been part of the story that encourages you to see that you have a role as a civic participant to continue this story.
0: Thank you for listening. You can find the Center for Political Thought and Leadership on social media channels. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. And on a last note, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent the Center for Political Thought and Leadership or Arizona State University.